Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Shit, is that him? Yup. Dude. Trunkler. Oh, come on. Hello? There he is. Hey, there you are. No! Hey, I was just... Is he still there? No. Trunkler. Ah. Did I mute him? Come on, you gotta do here with the new segment. I think he hung up on accident. Yeah. Wait, is he there? He looks like he's there. That. Hello, hello. There he is. Hey, there you are. Uh, yeah, I had to. Um, I w- since I'm out in my truck, I had to, I was still connected to the uh, my Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi my Damn, house, you sound so clear I, as shit right now. I signed off my Wi-Fi, so I'm on my data. All right, let's just fucking do the intro then, and then we'll we'll get to it. Get to it. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits, and we are rolling through with another episode of The Stack with uh, the new books for DC that come out January the 10th. And uh, tonight we have Robin D. Cross from Canada. A boot, eh? And then I've been, I've been, oof, I've been uh, clickbaiting this for the last what, two, three weeks now, promising, teasing, building up, but tonight we have the return of the Trunkler from Chicago. Freezing my balls out here, but hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah, we were just saying, <laughs> oh, I'm Bad Force Tom from Southern California, and uh, we were just saying um, earlier, I was like, oh yeah, Trunkler just texted me, he said that he's going to uh, take a leak and then and then go outside for the recording. And Robin's like, go outside, you know how fucking cold it is right now? <laughs> So I think the yeah, last then, uh, was like negative, negative fifteen. Um, I'm not sure what it is today. I know. Uh, it's right it's now. actually not that bad today. Okay. So let's see what we've got here right now. Yeah, it was last week during the week. It was someone had said negative twenty for them, and that was in New York. Yeah, that was here in Chicago too. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, right today, now, today's not. Too- yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say it's a it's a heat wave up here in uh, Chirac. It's uh, <laughs> currently one degrees, and it the real feel is negative eight. The real feel. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's 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 minus seventeen here, but that's Celsius, eh? Fuck. Uh, so uh, it's uh, a little warmer than it comes, but, uh, Let yeah, me see here, uh, gentlemen. I'll be honest with you. I I had to turn on my heater because it is a chilly sixty one. Uh, right now, oh. <laughs> crisp, crisp. Damn, you're gonna die. Oh, <laughs> got got all didio there on the temperature. Yeah, you got the long johns on there, Tom. Oh man, almost. Let me see here. I'm I'm trying to look up the weather for tomorrow. Sunday, 
We got a high of 70, it looks like. And then, Jeez. no, I'm sorry, 76, high of 76 on Sunday. So that'll probably be right around noon or just before. Should be nice. We're going to go to brunch tomorrow morning, so it should be pretty lovely. Nice little outdoor patio. Wearing shorts and a t-shirt, huh? Shorts and a tank, I think, is what I'm going to oh, go with. Thumbs out, guns out. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah. Um, Trunkler, how was uh, your Christmas? We haven't talked to you, I think, since... And your new year. Yeah, no, um, it was good. Um, Christmas just stayed at home with the wife and kids. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, same with New Year's Eve, so. Yeah. Uh, wife made a bunch of appetizers and Oof. dinner and. Homemade? Oh, absolutely. Oh, um, let's oh, yeah, see, there was, uh, yeah, there was, um, she did uh, bacon-wrapped pickle spears um, in the oven. Uh, some... Um, this homemade eggplant spread with some diced onions in it. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, some caba- uh, cabanos. They're like um, about a quarter size round uh, pieces of sausage that she cut up and she put in the oven. Sausage. Yeah. Sausage. Um, uh, I, th- I believe on Christmas, I, I, I think I had steak on Christmas. Uh, the, the, the diced eggplant with, did you say pickle? Oh, uh, no, with onion. With onion. Is that kind of like a baba ganoush? Um, it's not really a soup. It's more like a spread that you put on bread. No, baba ganoush. Oh, a, I don't. Baba ganoush don't is like the Greek version where they, it's like they chop up the eggplant and they put like oil and oh. garlic in it and shit. Yeah, this, um, she puts the, uh, you put the eggplant in the oven and bake it and then, um, she kind of dices it up or almost like purees it, but it's still chunky. And then uh, she takes the onion and mixes it up with some olive oil and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, that sounds really like Ro- it's Romanian baba ganoush, it sounds like. Yeah, the, pretty the, much. The Romanian uh, weightlifters actually, they eat handfuls of that before they do the Romanian deadlifts. So, <laughs> it's, you know, nice. it's packed in pr- with protein, so it's pretty good. Well, uh, that, night, um, that night she did some uh, <laughs> on my so. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. that out. Yeah. Sorry right. to see... Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, opinions of Trunkler is not of the Bad Force or Bad Force Radio or, or its affiliates. <laughs> yeah, all of, all of our affiliates, including Eagle Moss, we fucking dropped like a bad habit. <laughs> That's uh, one thing I, bad I love saying that. It's like it's like Eagle Moss sends these fucking melted crayon versions of these figures. Like we we're gonna drop these guys, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Anyways. Um, but we are more than happy to work with our current affiliates, which are DC Comics themselves, or DC Entertainment, however you want to say it. But that's the whole reason why we do the stack, is because uh, they are kind enough to send us the books uh, almost a week early. Sometimes, if it's the holidays, two weeks early, which was what we got uh, the last two weeks. But, you know, I'll be honest, this week I was like, uh, I don't know if there's anything left in the canon, man. The last two weeks were pretty huge with books. We got... Uh, Arkham, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, White Knight, uh, Batman 38, Superman, we had all, everything. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know if there's anything left for this week. But uh, there's some pretty <laughs> sweet issues this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we might as well just jump right into it. Um, I would assume that you guys probably want to start with Detective Forrest. Yeah, Detective's oh. killing it right now. Ah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, and so in Detective Comics, this is 
is it like the th- the second or the third arc of uh, the um, victim syndicate, or it's either uh, this this is uh, actually part four of Fall of the Batman. Okay, so it's like a yeah. more, it's a bigger it's a more bigger uh, arc that includes yeah. the victim syndicate. So, so far, the... they've had it's like two and a half arcs because um, you had the first arc with the victim syndicate, then you had a little bit of. Uh, the victim syndicate was kind of sprinkled in with the, uh, I believe it was the previous arc with Anarchy, mm-hmm. and now we have, well, full-fledged syndicate. Yeah, which I'm really happy. Uh, Anarchy uh, being uh, united with uh, the victim syndicate yeah. now. So it's got the little victim syndicate. It's got Anarchy. It's got um, Clayface's deals happening right now. Uh, the Tim Bats storyline is still connected to it, and also. Uh, the colony storyline is also tied into this issue also. So it's like four or five different like arcs all kind of like circling the drain and coming out with what's going on right now. But Detective Comics, for those who have not been reading, is written by James Tynion. Um, who did the art on this one? Because I think it changes uh, every week. Uh, I don't know how to spell his name or pronounce it, but it's Mendokia. Yeah, I, 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 I struggled with it uh, on the last episode that we did a detective <laughs> issue, too. Let's see if I can take a... I'm going to take a swing at it myself. Here we go. It is from what I'm... James Tynion writer, Miguel Mendonca? He, he even See, stumping has you. That, <laughs> has that little C with the little Mendoza? squiggly underneath it's like it. A, so. It's like Mendoza, but with a C where the Z should be. Mendoza? Maybe a Mendo- yeah. Mendoza. The C might be like an S. But 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 there's that N there too. That yeah, that was messing me up. Mendon. Oh, it's Mendoncha, I think. Ah, Mendoncha. But there's no accent, so that's what throws you off. Um. Anyways, getting to uh, back to the story of it. This is uh, I mean, as much as what's going on in the story itself, it's still pretty fucking cool, and it's uh. A story that I think uh, is happening a lot quicker than I thought it would, as far as what was explained happens in the future with Time Cop Tim Bats, and what it leads to kind of happening in this... Well, not it doesn't happen yet, but it basically foreshadows it. But um, long story long, uh, the last issue ended up with uh, Arkham Asylum kind of being shut down because the, vin- the victim syndicate took it over after tricking Clayface into visiting his friend... Uh, that he infected to be like him. And now they're playing his mind against itself to uh, basically kind of go crazy again. At the same time, they're terrorizing the people of Gotham, and the whole plan is basically to get Clayface to infiltrate the Belfry again, to fucking just go nuts on everybody and just destroy the whole team. The art was pretty sweet. Uh, I think for the most part, like I, I think I said the last couple of times, this arc has really made me really like Clayface as a character because normally they just use him as like this uh, like kind of tragic character, but also just kind of a dude that's working off impulsive emotion. But this, these past few arcs have really opened up his backstory and his motivations, and it shows that he's been trying to kind of redeem himself, but at the same time he's kind of having an internal struggle with the way his DNA changes uh, from not having the medication that's been given to him. So as he stays in Clayface's form, it messes with his DNA. And so he's been without it for a while. So it's in this issue, it's basically him kind of like going crazy. Um, the team's also split up a little bit. 
uh, throughout the issue, and uh, essentially what they're kind of doing is trying to get him to calm down so he doesn't freak out on him. And um, what is the the Cenobite looking dude from the Victim Syndicate's name? The the guy with like it looks like candle wax. Um, uh, that's uh, the first victim. The first yeah. victim. Like we don't know who he is. We don't have any clue uh, or any hint of, you know, his real name or anything like that. You know, We're just known. I gotta apologize. We're assuming his gender as well. Is it a he? Is it a uh, he? I don't know if it's uh, entirely. Yeah, you you can't tell for sure because it it could be. You know, the the whole costume is a disguise, so it could be uh, designed to mask gender. Um, yes. I'm not sure what the preferred pronoun is uh, because he's a fictional character and we can't ask them. Um, so we'll just say the first victim, I guess, from now on. But the first victim in, in the issue, as it turns out, we start to think that all they want to do is just kind of like break up and expose the Bat family, right? And uh, as the issue kind of rolls along, Anarchy, when he's interacting with them, kind of gets a more of a sinister understanding um, of the first victim where uh, I think a, a part of the story is they're trying to get Clayface to go back to the Belfry um, where there's a bunch of mud and shit. Why do they have that just laying around there? It's the, uh, the, I, the mud room, right? Yeah, I think that was from early in uh, the run when they uh, sort of recruited Clayface in. Yeah, and they keep him in the yeah. common uh, room full of mud. Well, yeah, didn't they like have that? Uh, yeah, I think they had that thing set up where they were using all that clay as uh, they were forming opponents for training. And then, yeah, that's right. And they, they also, um, he also is used to kind of, as like a ruse where he has in certain arcs shown up either as Batman or shown up as other members to kind of throw off whoever they're fighting. They even used him in metal like that where he was Batman, right? That was pretty cool. I liked seeing that. Yeah. Or if there was yeah, like I, a uh, citywide tragedy, um, Clayface would divide himself up to be uh, look like a bunch of GCPD. That's right. Yeah. So, but in the in the issue here is that they're what they want to do. What the plan is is they're making him, they're turning him, they're turning him into the evil Clayface again. And once they do that, they're trying to send him back to the mud room. So then he absorbs all of it and then fucking goes nuts on all of Gotham. Um, and I think part of what's crazy about the issue is that Anarchy, like a dipshit, joins up with the victim syndicate to help them, and he just wants, you know, he wants uh, Batman to no longer have control of the city, and so he thinks that if they rile up all the all the citizens, you know, his plan will be like, alright, we just fucking disband Batman, but then the first victim says, no, we want to kill everybody. He just wants to go nuts on him, right? Yeah, and uh, even says that, uh, uh, I, I want to hear Batman scream as he loses everything. Oh my god, so emo. Uh, it's great seeing Clayface using all of his capabilities in this. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, yeah, you know, when he uh, when he confronts Batman, you know, near the beginning, they're fighting, but then he escapes while Batman is even talking to him. You know, he leaves just a husk of himself there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and escapes while Batman can't see it happening. It's a good word, husk. Yeah. <laughs> And for anybody who doesn't know what a husk is, it's almost like um, like a, how a snake sheds its skin. Mm. I, I'm thinking more of like a tamale when you unwrap it. 
Oh, you know man. the the corn husk. Uh, you know, use a corn husk yeah. to wrap the tamale and then bake it. Or that's the Mexican version. If you're Central American or if you're from Latin America, sometimes use banana leaves, and uh, you wrap the tamale and the banana leaves, and then after you after you do it that way, that's the husk of the banana leaves. So, oh, yeah. dee 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 dee. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, this artist was did a really good job of kind of showing the different. Uh, I mean, he looks like such a monster in a lot of these uh, pages. But yeah, like the, he he brings out his arm. It's like a mallet. He looks crazy. Um, at one point when Batman's fighting, oh, that was so sick. When Batman's fighting him, and then like he goes into the room where it's got a bunch of rogues' stuff. You know, is that in an Arkham? I'm I'm, I'm yes. leaving. Yeah, uh, that's like a an Arkham, like a trophy room. Yeah, yeah there's so much in there. Bunch yeah. of, all the all a bunch of like rogue. It's probably like stuff that they um, take from him when they're coming in, and uh, that's essentially how Batman like stops him from going nuts on him. Is he takes uh, Freeze's freeze gun, and uh, he shoots him with it, and he he freezes him. And then as he's talking over the radio to is it Tim, he takes like a fucking mallet and smashes Clayface. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually a uh, Riddler's cane. Oh, it's right. Yeah. So in that picture, in this. Uh, little closet or whatever you see bane's mask um freezes the uh mr freeze's gun riddler's cane i want to say is that mask gun who deadshot mask and gun it looks like or is that yeah yeah. that that's true is is that oh mate no uh i mean to the just to the right of riddler's cane maybe actually maybe that's not that might be uh maybe that's firefly yeah i thought that looked like firefly Uh, a couple of uh, the rabbit masks from uh, Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The in- the entirety of uh, Scarface. Yep. At the bottom shelf, yeah. Ping- a penguin. I'm assuming it's like a wind up exploding penguin. Penguin. And then a Selena's goggles up there. Yeah, that's interesting. That means that at one point she was in Arkham. Yeah. And then uh, Joker's uh, rattling teeth. Well, she was in Arkham. Um... During the, uh, not, was it the I Am Bane arc where um, she uh, she was in there for was it the two hundred and fifty something murders? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before uh, before they got what's her name to it. Um, yeah, yeah. So there it is. But um, yeah, it looks like a little sword. I I yeah. didn't. I I feel like they should put more of this Batmobile. This Batmobile is badass. A combination of like. Um, the Dick Sprang front with the animated series armored kind of yeah. look. Um, well, um, we did skip over um, one part where uh, was it Batwoman? Um, the, that's sorry, one we, of the most important part. parts. Yeah. Right? yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I haven't got that part yet. No, no, no. I mean, uh, it's we're kind of just going. We're going uh, as from what I, I'm just going from memory, from what I remember. But yeah, so Clayface um, gets smashed into a bunch of pieces. And get, I, I'm assuming goes through the sewage system, and so they send Azrael and Batwing into the sewers to kind of look for him, and they can't find him. And as they're saying that, I think as was it, Batwing is mentioning how uh, he has a way of, like, kind of expanding and absorbing into the grit of the of the sewage, so you wouldn't even be able to kind of tell if he was there or if he was listening in on what you were saying. And right as he's saying that, he fucking you know, sneaks up on him and takes out Azrael and Batwing and keeps making his way into the Belfry. And so as that's happening, Tim is trying to get a hold of Batwoman and uh, 
that's when he, he keeps trying to buzz her, keeps trying to buzz her, he can't get a hold of her, and then it shows what she's doing, and it's meeting with her father, who brings her a gun, and he tells her that this has the ability to separate, this, I guess, the cells of Clayface, and uh, stop him from doing whatever he's doing, and then Kate's like, well, won't that kill him? And he says, yes, but, you know, that's what we need and, uh, to do. And just before this, uh, Tim was having that uh, that little spat with Spoiler. Yeah. And she didn't yeah. like, she said that he, she pointed out that he was acting like the time cop Tim. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, then Tim starts to put together that, oh, he, it'll be happening soon. The thing that, that yeah. he said she's going to do. So he starts putting it together that, you know, she, she's up to something right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's right when it cuts to her talking to her dad and um, making it seem like she's thinking about using this weapon against Clayface, even though she kind of says, well, maybe we can, well, he says, the father says, maybe there's a way that you can figure out how to, after you basically disintegrate him into a thousand pieces, put him back together. <laughs> but that's your department, not yeah. mine. And uh, Kate takes the weapon and tries to say, you know, Batman will never agree to this. And that's when he pretty much says, well, then you can't tell him then. Um Mm-hmm. And but you know at that time that's when uh, Clayface is uh, heading back to uh, the Belfry. He seeps into seeps into it and comes out of it and starts attacking all of them and starts beating the shit out of them. And uh, what's her name? Um, was it not? Yeah, Cassandra Cain. Yeah. yeah. Cassandra Cain basically tries to stop him because they've been kind of getting. He has been teaching her how to speak, I guess through uh, teaching her different plays. And they kind of developed a really good, strong bond. So she feels like she's someone that can actually get to him and stop him from doing what he's doing. So she gets in his way, and uh, she's able to kind of get him to snap out of it for a few seconds. Then you kind of see the human form of Clayface before he turns into an animal again. Um, Yeah, he breaks down when she says, you know, if you don't care, hurt me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost like they have this relationship like he's, you know, he's the human on the inside, but a monster on the outside. And she's kind of, I mean, she was born and raised to be this monster, this killer. But Clayface, I always felt that Clayface always seen her as like the innocent, you know, girl that's deep down beneath. And she sees the same in, in him, in Basil, or however you pronounce his name. Basil. That he's this nice generally nice human underneath all this clay or all the, you know, uh, uh, inside this monster exterior. So they, they kind of, in my opinion, from when they first had their interactions, it's almost like they're kind of made, I mean, you know, not made for each other like they're dating or anything, but, you know, they're both similar they relate, in the fact that... Yeah, they relate to each other yeah. better than most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, she tries to she tries to break him out, snap him out of it, but as he's talking to her, um, Batwoman shows up, and as Batwoman shows up, that's when all the mud starts falling onto him, and he kind of takes up and absorbs all the mud from the mudroom, and uh, the, the last page makes it look like he's like breaking out of the belfry like a fucking Godzilla or something, about to attack the city, and it ends with that. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, I love seeing Clayface as an absolute monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he explains seeing, kind of how, uh, how dangerous he is. Yeah, he's he feel he says, you know, I've always been this way. I was just using you. I was just using Batman to stay out of Arkham. This is what I've always been. 
and now yeah. I'm just letting it kind of take me over. So I really, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see what they've been doing with Clayface because he just kind of used to be sort of just a meathead rogue. Like a, yeah, like a dummy kind of, like yeah. how like a killer croc. Yeah. And like how um, you and Rob were talking about earlier about, um, you know, it, in this issue especially it shows, you know, Clayface. He's actually, I mean, he's actually pretty smart. I mean, mm-hmm. um, how he was able to trick Batman when Batman froze him. And then he, uh, down the sewers, he he's he, he makes himself look like a like the brick wall of the sewer, and he sneaks up and he comes up behind Azrael and Batwing into this all these monstrous faces, and um, you know then he comes into the crack of the bell and, and the belfry, and uh, just kind of like how um, how I've always you know like what Robin was saying, how we've always you know like to see Clayface as this, you know, badass monster with, you know, in one part he's grabbing Batwoman and he makes himself look like Time Cop, uh, Tim Drake. Um, and he's fucking with Batman by saying, um, when you see the Riddler, Joker, and Penguin's head, he's like, um, who are you going to sign up next for the charade? Or who are you going to sign up for the charade next? Two-Face, oh, Joker? Yeah, cool. Do you think all your rogues guy is going to sign up to be on, the, on Team Bat Friends? And he's turn, he's morphing into him as he says it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. And uh, a lot of times when we see him in story arcs, he just gets handled way too easily. We often see him. Batman will handle him like it looked like he did when he froze him with the gun there. You know, a lot of yeah. times that that is actually going down. You know, Batman just freeze him. That's it. But mm. uh, <laughs> but in this, yeah, he's much more dangerous. He uh, just faked letting that happen and had already gone off to. To do what he's going to do, and then when we see him again, he's just a monster. Mm. Pretty awesome, but uh, yeah, I mean, Tanya's been doing some pretty cool things with, like, I think we talked about it the last couple of weeks, where he is constantly keeping the long flowing narrative going while kind of intermixing new elements of the story. And uh, I would normally easily get lost in all this shit. But it's pretty well written, and he keeps everything kind of jumping back into itself. So it's not like you forget about what the colony was doing or what uh, the victim syndicate was doing, because he's kind of throwing them in here and there, like, the entire time, basically. But a pretty sweet uh, issue. And uh, the art art is fantastic, too. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that the the art was one of the huge highlights of this one. Especially with... um, Clayface, I think he was like the yeah. fucking. Did he shine through the most in this issue? Yeah. Well, and the the artist sometimes with Clayface, the artist. I mean, I hate to say it, but you can almost get a little lazy with mm. drawing Clayface because he's just a pile of mud. Exactly. Um, but this artist, I mean, the details of the mud um, when he made, you know, when he's got uh, various, you know, different demon faces coming out, um, all the weapons <clears throat> that he forms into. I mean, it, the like what Robin touched on the artist. I mean, really, like what you said, Tom, too, is that he really showcased Clayface, and yeah. that was actually um, something that was that I really enjoyed from from this issue, especially if it, with it highlighting Clayface. I know uh, he's he's done a good job with the uh, other members of the Mud Pack too, uh, or not the Mud Pack. What are they called here? Victims in the good. No, uh, but uh, before that, the, I, yeah, I, I keep going back to the old stuff. Uh, like the old mud pack stuff, but the other uh, people that are affected like him, uh, 
there are a couple. What's the one girl's name? Mushmouth or something? No, it's not that. Yeah, uh, the one that has like you know mild clay face powers, but mostly she just looks deformed. Mm-hmm. And I one, uh, and I, I'm glad that they're that they brought the victim victim syndicate back because that was, I don't know, me personally, I, I really have enjoyed the this whole victim syndicate of. You know, this person, this old, this lady was affected by Clayface. It was a victim of a Batman and Clayface fight. This person was affected by the Scarecrow. You know, this and the, the leader of their group. Um, supposedly, we we don't know exactly who this person is or what tragedy happened during a Batman altercation. But the first victim, along with all the other members of that group, um, I I was actually excited. In fact, I asked. Tinian at uh, C2E2 um, a couple years ago, if we're ever going to see them again, he said, oh, yeah, he's like, he's like you know, just stay calm. I, I've got big plans for them, so... Um, yeah, he told you to calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, all right? They're coming back. Jesus. You know how, like, some, some new characters is kind of like, like White Rabbit. I mean... Uh, well, yeah. And it would have been kind of cool, but there's almost you know, they just kind of left it off to the wayside, I guess. Yeah, I they she was a cool new character. Even though her uh, her outfit is just the basic <laughs> uh, Halloween costume at, at any uh, nightclub Halloween party. Lingerie yeah. and rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a Playboy bunny. Yeah. Alright. Um, <laughs> what is, uh, what would we want to do next? There was Detective... What else was out? Uh, ooh, did you read uh, Gotham City Garage, uh, Trunkler? No, I haven't, but um, by all means. Um, oh. Because I, I actually I picked up issue one a few weeks ago, and I like the idea, like the concept, so actually I got up to issue three, and I plan on buying or getting issues four through, you know, current. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, I uh, enjoy it now way more than I thought I would, and way more than I you know, originally um, assumed this story. I thought it was, I, I just kind of did not give it a chance, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, 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 I sort of just jumped in at, like, issue four, I think it yeah, was. Yeah. Uh, and have stayed current on it since then. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically a fucking Elseworlds. It's like an Elseworlds ongoing, yeah. um, similar to the way kind of Injustice does it. But, um, mm-hmm. Trunkler, since you are not up to speed, we will just simply... Uh, I guess let you know what's going on, which is yeah. <clears throat> it sounds like they there has been an event called the World Burn, and uh, what's cool in this story is it gives us this world's this this universe's origins of Batman, because uh, I think he was introduced back in issue three or four, um, and it, they don't call him Batman; they call him the Bat, and. He is working alongside with Lex Luthor, and uh, at the, when when you first get to know him and meet him and see him, it's he's he comes and he attacks uh, the Gotham City garage, which consists of at the time Harley, um, Batgirl, uh, who else is on the team? Big Barda, um, and like Bat, Batgirl has just has just been brought in. She's like the newest recruit. Yeah, the, it's kind of like, so basically, and this is jumping around, because the story, uh, as it plays out, it gives you the history afterwards. So it kind of shows you what's going on at present time, and as it's as the issues go on, it gives you little pieces of what was going on. So 
uh, chronologically what happened was, um, you know, as they're telling the origin of Batman in the story. So Batman uh, and his he explains that his parents are rich, and he comes he came from comes from uh, a life of wealth and uh, luxury similar to the regular Batman. But what happened was after his parents died, it was right around the t- right right before the world burn. So he was left with no parents and no money and no means of survival. So he was like in this post-apocalyptic world by himself. And uh, Lex Luthor is kind of like um, this dude. Um, have you guys ever seen, uh, what's the movie called? The Book of Eli? No, but I'm familiar. So, the, I mean, yeah. a lot, lot of post-apocalyptic movies will have a character for whatever reason maybe was not really that big a deal before during the regular world, but then the apocalypse happens. This is like Negan. The apocalypse happens, and then because this person was a sociopath, they become like ruthless and able to survive much better than a normal person would because they'll do whatever it takes to not only survive, but also thrive. So Lex Luthor is kind of that individual where, uh, you know, he used his money and resources to basically take over and uh, to brainwash uh, people to follow him, and uh, one of those people basically was Batman. The other being Batgirl, and they kind of explain that too. So it's kind of like a mixture of this post-apocalyptic world where it also has a little of like the Matrix mixed in, because uh, I forget the term they call it for the brainwashing, but they kind of like plug them in and 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 control them and uh, program them to think a certain uh, way. Uh... Ride-alongs. Yeah, ride-alongs. So, like, the ride-along is, is a way of saying, like, brainwash. So they, they put this program of ride-along or whatever in, in them. And so Batgirl, when she first starts out, she's not thinking for herself. This Batman isn't thinking for himself either. He's just going on whatever Luther is kind of uh, giving him orders to do. And then as the story goes on, you learn that the girls who are in the Gotham City garage are kind of like freedom fighters, where they're the resistance in Gotham against the uh what luther's doing to overtake them so yeah they're happened? they're like uh they're like the the rebel scum yeah uh that are outside of the dystopian society that luthor runs they're like rose tico except like they don't <laughs> suck you know <laughs> they're like actually awesome characters that you care about the backstory and you care about the development of their of their personalities and all that and they're not sexually and, and, uh, and they're not—they're not sexually harassing anybody too in the whole story, so that's good. And they don't taste Finn like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but basically, um, yeah. So, so it, as the, the story that we're in now, the place that we're in now is Batman attacks uh, the Gotham City garage, and uh, he does so with these other Batmen who are basically like sol- like foot soldiers of Batman, and uh, they capture the actual Bat, and they tie him up. And they chase away the other dudes uh, who basically retreat or whatever. And um, Irons, who the fuck is Irons, Robin? Who is that character? Who is she supposed to be? Um, Henry Irons. Is, the, yeah, that's that's uh, kid? what I was assuming. Yeah. So it's Steel's daughter. The, I was making that assumption, but okay. they really haven't told us. At least in the issues that I've read, they haven't told us much about her. Yeah. So she she has the same last name as Steel. So that's what I thought yeah. too. I'm like, oh, she's related to Steel, and. Um, so she's more ruthless than I think most of the other ones. Um, well, oh, also, last issue, Wonder Woman shows up. So the Gotham City Garage version of Wonder Woman shows up, and she just beats the fuck out of everybody. And uh, she's yeah, what that, basically... That, that, 
she's how they were able to uh, to take Bruce Wayne in. Yeah. Um. So they tie him up and they string him up and he's hanging and dangling and they wipe away the uh, the programming. They wipe away his his uh, um his what's it called, Robin? Ride along. His ride along. And they're think Batgirl is thinking that oh, after we you know swipe his mind that he's going to understand and see the reality of our situation. And then in in reality though, he tells them he's like you guys are fucked. Uh, you know he's <laughs> he's th- he's thinking for himself and he's basically telling them. You know, what you're doing is stupid. You might as well give in because they're going to come and they're going to take you over again. And as he's doing that, um, you see from a distance, uh, one of the girls is like noticing that there's something coming and it zooms in and it's the fucking flash, dude. And he looks or a version of him. Yeah, it looks it looks like uh, it doesn't look like the flash 100 percent. It looks more like fucking Red Death. Is what right I does, yeah. yeah, yeah, it sort of does. So it looked like fucking Red Death like coming down through the desert, and I was like, oh, this is going to be sick. And instead of just like straight attacking, he basically starts fucking with them. And like he does a, almost like a run-by. Like He runs by, fucks with them, leaves them alone, and then he just starts kind of like every day at a certain time he comes around. Because he's basically waiting to help Batman escape, I think. So every day he comes by at the same time, and he's running back and forth. And uh, what's her name? Irons is like watching him and trying to like figure out what exactly he's trying to do. And then she realizes that um, he's trying to intimidate her and scare her and it's working. And so what she learned or what she was taught by her father, which I think it is, it is steel because of the way she talks about him is he was a mechanic or whatever. And he he always told me to kind of face a challenge face on and head on. So she goes after uh, she goes after the Flash in her vehicle that is, like, fucking revved up and souped up. So she goes after him, and she's basically able to, like, calculate his movements, and she's able to, using the using his assumption that she's trying to run him over, she uh, actually doesn't, and so she's able to, like, grab him. And as she does, um, she takes him down, and she starts interrogating him and asking like what's going on and him and he says it too he's like we're coming for you guys like luthor is sending us for you you know you guys are done and he goes and i also i goes i also see that you're a you're someone who won't kill an innocent so i know i'm fine and she's like you're not innocent and then basically fucking shoots him in the face they don't show it but it kind of alludes to the fact that she does and then she comes back to the garage where batgirl and batman's still hung up and she goes i took care of it and then Batgirl's like, what do you mean you took care of it? And she's like, I took care of it. And it kind of like pans over and she made like a fucking cross and put his suit, his tattered up suit out there to make it look like like a fucking reminder or like a, a warning. It's badass. Dude. Yeah, like 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 yeah. like having a, a head on a pike. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so this world's flash has been fucking murdered by her. So it's basically it's like, holy shit. OK, this is different. You know, um, these heroes are not they're kind of basically breaking the rules at this point because uh, you kind of have to. Uh, It's this post-apocalyptic world where Lex Luthor is this, like, not just supervillain, but it's almost like Mad Max where he has all the... Yeah. He has all of the resources necessary to survive, and he's manipulating and brainwashing everyone to just follow him. So he has, like, like... all the power in the world, basically, not just a, a villain from a city. Like this dude is taking over the world, and um, yeah, it's, it's like um, badass. Um, all these badass women superheroes 
mixed in kind of like Mad Max, yeah. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome kind of vibe, a post-apocalyptic. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm not this far ahead. I'm, of course, I'm skimming through. Thank you, DC. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a very unique kind of um, story. Like you said, it's almost like an, it's like an Elseworlds. I'll call it an Elseworlds. But it's yeah. these strong females um, that are standing up to you know, freedom, to what they, um, the freedom, like she even says to Flash, you know, if I want to drink, I drink. If I want to kiss, I kiss. If I want to build, I build. Because in if you're in within the city, that or the, if you're under Luthor's power, um, everybody is, you know, it's almost like a drug, kind of like um, Equilibrium, if you've ever seen that movie where you don't have any real feelings. It's all, everything's happy. You know, Luthor is great. Luthor is my savior. Yeah, it's badass. It's it's like, uh, it's a different take. Like, it's a different take on the characters. And at first, what I thought, what I was just like, okay, this is a comic book based off of a statue line. Like, how good is it going to be? <laughs> you know, like, they just took the concept of these cool-looking statues and they made a comic book out of it. So I was like, okay, like, all right, that's cool. Good for them. But, you know, whatever, I'm not really interested in it. And sure enough, it's fucking really cool. And it's really well done and really yeah. well written. And the story is awesome. The art is cool. Fucking Flash looked awesome as shit. Yeah. Uh, the, the art definitely um, helps with the, the vibe of the whole, whoever the artist is, which I'm not sure. Um, um, definitely gives it the vibe of this post-apocalyptic, you know, just the way the characters are drawn. Um, this and I think that's the key for a lot of for good comics or good series is when the artist is able to contribute to the the vibe, the overall vibe, the overall feeling of the story or yeah. of this this world they're trying to portray. And I'll be honest, I thought the same thing, Tom. I was like, oh, okay, so they're making a few, you know, they're they're making a series about these statues and. I ended up picking up issue one just because I, I thought the cover looked badass. It was um, Harley on Harley Quinn on her bike, and I actually read the issue and I was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty badass." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a sleeper book of 2017 for sure, and I would recommend even if you think that this is not for you, if you like, you know, post-apocalyptic, Elseworld type tales, this is like so cool. So I, I definitely got hooked in after I think reading like the fourth. I, it was it was it was whenever they put like Batman on the cover. I was like, all right, well, Batman's in. Let's check it out. And then I was like, and then he he was barely in it. He's in it at the very end and everything leading up to it. I was like, oh, this shit is fucking cool. So and yeah. uh, I I like that they they didn't take like the typical route that you would expect when you see that okay they they captured Batman now and oh they're they're gonna break him of of this programming that's that uh, that's been put into him. Uh, so now he's going to join their side, and it'll just be a team led by Batman now. But that that doesn't happen, you know. They break him of this programming, but he's still loyal to Lex. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's still realistic to the fact that they're they're a lost cause. So they're the choice of them doing what they're doing is stupid, and uh, you know the logical choice is to probably give in to the Supreme Overlord rather than trying to band together with four or five of you and fight against them, but. So I'm excited to see where the other issues come or go rather, and uh, just look. It looks fucking cool, man. So I I know that they're doing the statues of, uh, they've already done a bunch of the statues of the other uh, characters, 
But um, yeah. man, that fucking Flash looked awesome. That Batman looked mm-hmm. awesome. And if they do Flash and Batman, that means that there's other members of the Justice League out there probably. So that would be sweet to see like what those other versions kind of look like and what they do and what their story is. So another good book, I think. Uh, uh, did you guys read Wonder Woman? Oh fuck no, I didn't. I meant to, but that came out. I did. We're just yeah. we're drowning in so many comic books. I forget. <laughs> oh goodness. I, I did. Robin, did you? Yes, I did. Uh, this is a really cool issue. This is Wonder Woman number thirty-eight. Yeah, Wonder Woman thirty-eight. Even if you haven't been reading Wonder Woman, it's a good jumping-on point because it's you know, just uh, beginning of a storyline and also an introduction of a new character. Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, James Robinson is the author, and Emanuela Lupacino is the artist uh, back on this issue, and she's really good. So uh, it, it's a cool story. It starts off with we see Wonder Woman saving this little girl, you know, from a uh, typical uh, good guy versus bad guy fight, and, uh, you know, civilians are caught in the crossfire. But this girl gets injured in the process uh, of... Uh, Wonder Woman, you know, saving the day. And she ends up uh, in the hospital and she's paralyzed from, I think, the waist down. And they tell her she's never going to walk again, yada, yada. So as she's uh, dealing with this, uh, what happens is Wonder Woman comes to visit her in the hospital. And it becomes a regular thing that Wonder Woman will just come to her room and sit there beside her bed and they'll just talk for hours and Wonder Woman teaches her about Greek mythology, and uh, it, it points out several times that the girl is Greek, and uh, like, oh, she's uh, American Greek, and she was embarrassed that she didn't already know the history that Wonder Woman taught her. But uh, it goes on, you know, with uh, all this time of uh, them having this close relationship, and as the girl, the girl is narrating uh, the issue. And she starts off by introducing herself, you know, says her name and says, I'm Wonder Woman's best friend. Yeah. Because for a long time, you know, they're, they're, they're always together. Wonder Woman's always there, uh, teaching her and, you know, telling her to, to keep positive and feel good about herself and keep working. So eventually, uh, the doctors decide that they want to use, uh, nanotech, uh, that they were inspired by cyborg for but uh it's you know it's it's her choice if she wants to do it because once they inject the the nanobites into her she has to uh you know she has to control them you know tell them to to fix her you know to fix what's wrong so she can walk again Mm -hmm. so she we see her starting to to develop again you know she she takes a couple steps and and starts getting better but then uh Wonder Woman gets too busy and, you know, is just off saving, saving the world and saving different people. And she stops coming to visit her. And, you know, the girl starts talking about how it's been months since, since uh, Diana's come to visit her. But she always sees her on TV saving these other people like, like she saw them. And you can kind of see the girl cracking, right? You oh, can yeah. see that, uh, you know, she, she's getting really dark and it's really hurting her that, that she's seeing Wonder Woman. Saving all these other people, and uh, well, now now she's friends with them, and she's not friends with me. Yeah, and, um, and he, um, while she was while she was having these doubts that well, one woman hasn't come, you know, she she hasn't visited in weeks or months. 
she even said that her mother said, well, dear, you know, you have to realize that one woman is out there saving other people and she is thinking about you. So don't worry. But you have to realize that one woman has another job besides yeah. coming to visit every time. There's other people, bitch, in this world. <laughs> it's like, have you ever, uh, there's, you know, there's that, um, that like footsteps little thing where it's like, it's like a poem oh, yes. about Jesus. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. uh, I saw, I saw your footsteps. <laughs> So David Cross does one, a joke about it in one of his specials where it's like, you know, uh, uh, it's like footsteps on a beach and it's like, Jesus, you know, all my life I've seen two sets of footprints because one was mine, you know, and the other was yours. And through the highs, through the highest highs, I always saw you there. And then you would follow me through all my days and all my nights. And then sometimes when it got the hardest, I only saw one set of footprints and not yours because you weren't there. Why not, Jesus? And then he goes, and Jesus replied, "Oh, I'm sorry. I was helping out one of the other billion fucking people on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you selfish asshole." <laughs> oh, well, but yeah, that exactly that. Uh, yeah, that attitude is, you know, what what starts to show that the girl, you know, isn't, you know, isn't right upstairs. You know, she she's starting to lose it. And things get really bad when uh, she reveals in this time that she was struggling and, and Wonder Woman wasn't there to, to visit her anymore. Her mother dies. And uh, after that, she regresses and she, she can't walk again. Uh, so uh, something that I uh, skipped earlier in the issue was uh, she, had, uh, she had been an artist or uh, a ballet dancer for one thing. And she was also uh, something of an artist. And she would draw the other you know ballet dancers that that she uh, trained with. And when she started uh, sitting with Wonder Woman in her room, she was getting back to art. And basically she was drawing what was essentially a comic book. You know, she was drawing mm -hmm. stories of these adventures of her and Wonder Woman as a team. And she drew herself, you know, in like a sort of a, a ballerina style outfit. Oh God. Uh, while they, you know, while they went and, and fought. Yeah. So, after she goes real dark, after her mom's gone and everything, uh, we find out that she has really mastered these nanobites that are in her. Uh, Wonder Woman gets a call from Steve Trevor that you know this this m most recent family she has saved have uh, made contact and said that they need to see her right away. So she she goes to their house and the door is open, which is. Always a good sign. Oh, of course. If, there can if, be no, there, there can't seen, be any trouble in there. <laughs> if you've ever seen any movie ever <laughs> showing up at someone's house and the door being open, that's that's never a good sign. Yeah, any movie so, uh, in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Wonder Woman walks in and she's just innocently, you know, calling for the people, assuming everything is fine, even though the door was just open for no reason. And finds their murdered bodies on the floor. Oh, like and, not, not just murder, like the because yeah. one of the last story that this that this girl seen one woman she saved a husband, wife, and their baby. And when she walks in this room, I mean, the the wife's got her leg cut off and blood everywhere, bodies. It's like all. It's, like, it's like Batman thirty eight <laughs> level of uh, of murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is all in one issue. You have all the. A lovey-dovey shit at the beginning, and then at the last 
was it last couple pages, it just does a complete 180, takes you straight down to hell. So, so yeah, Wonder Woman walks in, sees this, uh, the family butchered there, and uh, then the girl reveals herself, and she's really used uh, this nanotechnology, and she now looks uh, like, uh, sort of like she drew herself in the comic, you know, with wings, but uh, decidedly more evil. Yeah. And uh, she introduces herself as Silver Swan now. And uh, the issue the issue ends with, uh, you know, we're, we're basically about to see the two of them fight. It's it, it's kind of like um, I, when, when you hear about in real life what the, the police officer that saves the woman who's going to get raped and, or, you know, uh, the firefighter that saves the people that are from the burning building, how the victim almost creates a bond. Sometimes it's an unhealthy bond like this one with their savior. And the way that the way that the writer wrote this, I mean, very much is like that. I mean, like, like, like we've just talked about when a woman saves this woman, she's paralyzed. When a woman comes and visits her almost every day, they talk, she tells her, Oh, you're a fighter. You're going to get through this. And then of course, what happens is when a woman has to save other people and it's almost like the woman feels abandoned. And then her yeah. mother dies, so now she's all alone. She's got no friends. So she, you know, um, the light bulb goes off in her head, and, uh, yeah, she um, turns into a psycho bit. So. You know, the way I see it... But, uh, I, got, I got to say, this one is kind of on Diana. Yeah. Because she became an important part of this girl's life. Yeah. You know, it was there regularly with her, you know, hanging out with her to the point that she called her her best friend. Not unlike the way we call Scott Snyder our best friend, and if he didn't talk to us for nine months, I would be pretty pissed off. Oh man! And Robin will be sitting in the closet when Scott gets home. Yeah. Hey, Scott. What, Assuming what, I what, don't do that already. What's up, man? I thought we were friends. What you What, what you want a boat? What you want? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this is completely on Wonder Woman for this fuck-up, because she could have just let the kid fucking die, and we would have never been in any of this mess. Well, yeah. You know, if you think about it, I mean, you take it back to the root of the problem, really, is what I'm saying. So There was uh, a, uh, there's a small, I mean, like like what Robin said, this is a, you could jump on this point. There's one little spot in the middle that um, uh, one woman, when she goes back to her house, she sees her half-brother, Jason, which you wouldn't know who he is unless you read the previous arc. But um, <laughs> this guy, Jason, has got like a fucking part, like a frat party, and all these people are drunk and shit face <laughs> laying around. In Wonder Woman's house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're the bastard son of Zeus, you'd probably throw a rager here then, I think, right? Yeah, right. Especially yeah. if you've just come to, you know, to to this reality, you know, like he's, he's just come to this world and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's enjoying it. Yeah. I'm not mad at him. All right. Well, Diana was, yeah. and, uh, she, uh, yeah, she got kind of shitty with him. Yeah. So great jumping on point for this issue. Um, what else we got? I think we had another issue of action, right? Action comics, comics, action comics. Robin, did you read that one? I have not got this one yet, but uh, I think both of you guys have. Yeah. Did you guys do Flash? No. Scott, I read Flash. Flash. We could, we could, we could, end, we can end it on a bang with Flash after this one. 
Yeah, that this is the the follow up to that last issue with Superman Booster Gold on uh, <clears throat> not destroyed Krypton. But yeah, I got to read this. Yeah, yeah. Do you want? Do you mind if we spoil on, it a bit? Oh yeah, no, no, go nuts. I'll uh, I'll well, just uh, read through it while while we talk about it. Yeah. So, um, where we? Well, do you want to give left? a little? Yeah, a little little, story little, of, um, re- little quick little recap. Yeah. Um, basically, Booster Gold Superman travels uses the the Flash's tread, cosmic treadmill to go back in time to see the point of where Krypton blows up and sees if Jor-El, which um, truly did escape. And if you don't know who that is um, or why that name is relevant right now um that was due to the oz effect story arc very nicely well done mr jurgens um so he travels back to try and see if his father Jorel did escape before krypton blew up booster gold goes to try and stop him because booster gold is just badass and he's a time traveler um long story short is when they booster gold finally gets superman into his time capsule and on their way back some, something malfunctions and they land in um the 20th Gotham, but in the 25th century. Mm. And I believe what we left off was one of the Eradicator robots that was built by General Zod and, or the Kryptonian army, um, traveled with, got through the time stream and traveled with them. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. So they're, they're in a futuristic alternate universe, future Gotham. And uh, the Eradicator followed him, like you said, and so they have to fucking fight the Eradicator. As they're fighting the Eradicator, they also are being monitored by, uh, it looks like kind of like whatever uh, military force um, is of that world. So um, they're kind of like, uh, they have to finish off the Eradicator, but then they got to deal with them. Um, As that's going on, I think it also left off last issue that Lois Lane was being informed that her father uh, had General Lane had been captured um, in a different country, and he was going to be uh, he was going to be executed executed publicly. Mm-hmm. And um, so Lois is being given this information, I think, by Perry White. And as she's getting the info, um, John is in the other room eavesdropping and listening in on what's what Lois is saying. Lois's plan was to take a plane and uh, stow away to go find her father and to leave John with uh, Perry and his wife. But then John ends up following her. So now John is with Lois, um, wherever the hell they're going to kind of stop uh, her father from being killed. And um, Superman and Booster, uh, they get, they get um, arrest or Booster gets arrested, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause the, uh, the 25th century, military or the police whatever they show up and as they're coming skeets which is the little robot that's always with booster gold commits a superman to hey you know if you're both caught you're fucked but if at least if you leave because the the military police already know who booster gold is they know he's a troublemaker he's a thief yeah they're on so, his ass yeah so skeets basically convinces superman to basically ditch booster gold let him get caught and we'll, and we'll worry about trying to get him later so Superman and Skeets leave while the police come. They arrest Booster Gold, and then they actually throw him in a holding cell with Booster Gold's father. Yeah, and as they're kind of explaining yeah. what's going on, uh, Booster's trying to understand Superman's motivation for why he wants to go to, to Krypton so badly 
to see if his father was in fact alive the whole time. And Booster, as he's basically Booster, just doesn't want Superman to fuck up the time stream. And so Booster's like, this is a big no-no. We got to come back. Why do you so badly want to see, you know, uh, if if this uh, reality existed? Because he's trying to explain to Superman, you know, this happened for a reason. If if you wouldn't have, if you, be- whether your father's dead or not, if it wouldn't have led you to believe that, you would have never become Superman. And uh, another thing is, is that he just doesn't understand why Superman wants so badly to see his father because... He explains that his relationship with his father, with Booster's relationship with his own father, was terrible. So he's explaining how his father, his father was like an abusive guy to his mom, and he hated his guts, and he didn't want anything to do with him, and he never wants to talk to him again. And lo and behold, they throw him in a fucking cell with his dad. And so, um, the minute that he gets thrown into the cell with his dad, his dad starts trying to plot ways of breaking out of the cell, and. Um, and doing so, Booster kind of um, almost, like, wants to help his dad after a while, right? Yeah. Like, he almost feels bad, and he almost feels like he wants to actually help his dad, like, figure it out and and, and help him, you know, um, break out. And uh, during that point, Superman, I guess, what, he has a change of heart, right? He realizes, he's like, damn, like, I was so selfish in wanting to find out if my father was still alive that... I even sacrificed like Booster Gold, you know, to whatever fate that I assumed that he was going to have, and in, in order to kind of carry out my own plot. So uh, yeah. Superman kind of goes back to break him out, and uh, as he's breaking him out, um, they're having Booster and his dad are kind of having an exchange, right? Yeah. Um, one of the, I guess, like the warden for the prison comes in with a gun, and he's basically kind of like poking fun at them both for being both idiots and thieves. And Booster Gold's father sees an opportunity and bum rushes the warden and knocks him down. So Booster thinks, okay, we're, you know, we're out of here. But his father actually turns on his own son and says, if I disappear, they'll look for you for payment. Uh, because he's been, he, he basically got himself arrested because he owed money to some mafia or some mob. But he basically ditches his own son in prison so he can escape. And right when he's about to do so, Superman appears behind his father and basically calls him a piece of shit for what he's done to Booster and Booster's mother and kind of just flicks him like, you know, uh, like you'd flick off a cigarette ash or something and basically throws (laughs) Booster Gold's father into the wall and knocks him out. So now Booster Gold's father is stuck in the prison and... Superman takes Booster and they uh, they actually escape. Yeah, and um, as as they escape, um, Booster gets an opportunity to go say hi to his mom, who yeah. I think uh, he mentions that when he left originally and jumped in time and began time traveling, he never got a chance to send any word back to his mom or to explain to her whatever ha- had ever happened to him. So she goes back to visit her and, and like show her like, hey, I'm still all right. You know, this is what happened to me. This is where I went. You don't have to worry about me anymore. And kind of kind of gives closure to Booster Gold and his like, kind of family situation. And that's when um, he and Superman decide they're going to jump back into. Um, I don't know how the how, how did they, how do they time travel again this time? Is it like uh, um, the craft? They, that... Yeah. Well, when um, Skeets told Superman, let's let's leave Boucher behind for the military. 
uh, Superman grabbed the the space capsule and flew away. Um, and he must have brought it back when they you know, hit it somewhere when they That's can right. get Booster out. But it's actually kind of nice because um, when, was like you said, Booster's mother, all she knew about her son was he stole this time capsule and then he disappeared. So mm-hmm. she still thought that okay, my you know my husband was an abuse was an abusive husband and father. He's in prison in debt with some mafia. My son's a thief. He disappeared in time. But when Booster when, Super, when Superman takes Booster go back to see his mom, Superman even kind of tells some stories of oh yeah, and Booster right. saved us from this thing, and his mom's like oh well, really? So now, you know her mom thinks that her son isn't this you know dummy criminal that yeah. steals shit that oh he oh he saved the justice league at this time and oh he helped this he helped the superman guy and that he's a he's a he's really a good kid yeah um, yeah because he's he's the most famous superhero that no one ever talks about yeah <laughs> is the way he explains it but uh yeah so then they jump back into the uh the time machine and um with the eradicator supposedly destroyed Eradicator robot in there with them because they he, can't leave any technology. Yeah. Because for people that don't know about time, jumping through time, you, you know, you, you can't be seen, you can't leave evidence, you know, or you'll mess up the time stream and you'll mess up, you know, what could happen in the future. And then, so uh, they to yeah, with them. as they're leaving, the Eradicator comes back online and he disrupts their escape. And uh, they crash, and uh, they crash right into this statue, and they look up and they realize that the time that they're in is basically controlled by General Zod, who is in power. And uh, it's like, you know, welcome, like, you kneel before Zod, and it's this, like, giant fucking, like, statue to Zod. So mm-hmm. now they're stuck where they're at, and they're like, holy shit, what's going to happen now? As uh, Zod is obviously in power there, so... That's how that issue ends. So it's gonna bring Zod back into the fold, I think, at some point, uh, which is pretty sweet. Has he been? Zod has not been in Rebirth as of yet, has he? Um, he was. Um, was he in the Suicide Squad at the beginning? Zod. Yeah. Mayhaps you might be right. I don't remember if that but, was the towards the end know, of New Fifty Two or if that was getting a Rebirth. I know that he was in New Fifty Two, in Superman and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, yeah. That was pretty cool. And so was, I think, uh, Feora. And I forget yeah. who else. But, um, yeah, this is, I think, um, the first time that he's in, like, a Superman book in Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's pretty cool to bring him around. And he was actually brought into the comics by Jeff Johns. Because originally he wasn't in the comics, but after... Um, after they made, after they put Zod in the movies, Johns was one of the first dudes that wrote him into the comics, back in like the '90s. So it's pretty cool that he's only popped in here and there, but obviously he's. Uh, was that uh, was that in the uh, the arc that Jeff Johns did with uh, Richard Donner? Yeah, that was. Oh, what was the name of that book? I'm looking at my shelf. I should have it up here. Um, damn it! Why are you looking for that? Um, I'm actually happy that they have. Zod in the the current, um, now that they didn't, he's not, he wasn't one of the ones that got killed in Krypton. That they actually did keep Zod kind of around. Um, well, he was. Uh, I mean, if we're going by, like, I can't remember what the what 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 it is in the Donner version, but 
uh, I'm assuming that it's the same as he he didn't he escaped Krypton because he was in prison before it blew up. Yeah, yeah. I can't. But find it's the nice book. that they um, that they're able to bring him out of that prison. So I think now that we're talking about, I think he was in Suicide Squad at, towards the beginning of Rebirth. Uh, Amanda Waller had these um, mimic the red sun, these like ultraviolet lights that weakened him. So that's how they go. She's able to put a, uh, a, a brain bomb in him. Mm. And then he was able, he is obviously is uh, the lights went out or I forgot what happened, but he Zod broke out and Zod actually was pretty gruesome. He knew what was going on. He knew what was in his head. Cause he could hear it, this machine in his, in his brain. And he actually uses heat vision and basically did open brain surgery on himself. Jesus. And he reached in there and just ripped out this brain bomb and it blew up in his hand. Of course, it didn't do anything because he's Kryptonian. Um, I forgot what happened or where he went after that, but um, I'm definitely glad that they have more than just Superman and Supergirl from Krypton kind of in the, in the universe, especially now with what's going on Doomsday Cock. I mean, Doomsday Clock, they're kind of bringing <laughs> everything from pre-New 52. They're kind of linking everything together now. Yeah, but it's cool. Um, Superman has been awesome because it's been doing its its thing over with, like, uh, mixing in Super Sons and um, kind of tying into Detective, but uh, Action Comics has been so good because Dan Jurgens has been writing it oh. since, I believe, the beginning of Rebirth, yes. or at least um, overseeing the story, uh, because I think, uh, who steps in to write every once in a while? Is it Rob Williams? Who wrote this one? This one is written by... Uh, uh, well, no, I know Jurgen. the... Uh, uh, none of the issues of action tied in uh, like Superman did to Super Sons of Tomorrow, right? No, it's just... Uh, it's pretty much been doing its own thing. Um, yeah, it's been doing its own thing. I think, I think yeah. it might have tied in a bit to like earlier rebirth Superman, but not really, uh, no super sons really. John has kind of shown up here and there, but, um, just like minimally, uh, not as much as Superman. Yeah. Yeah. This is action comics has been like straight, like nineties Superman stories. It's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's been like, I, it's like, I, I remember reading stories like this when Dan Jurgens was fucking writing when I was a kid. <laughs> So that's why it's so awesome. It's like, God, this feels so much like old school Superman comics. It's awesome. Or 90s Superman, which a lot of people kind of like, you know, they, they kind of like turn their noses up to it or whatever, you know, whatever. But I, I always fucking like that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's super nostalgic and, for me. So And then you got Booster Gold thrown in the mix, which is pretty cool. Wasn't uh, Booster Gold, um, didn't, did, I can't remember, did, Jan, did Dan Jurgens create Booster Gold? I think he wrote Booster Gold when... Um, he had his own series. Let me I just can't remember. Here, created by Dan Jurgens. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There it and is. if um, if he's ever at a con, um, I, I mean, definitely gold. I mean, he's a nice guy. He takes his time, takes pictures with you. He'll sign, you know, whatever you have. A very cool art, you know, old school writer artist. Um, he doesn't, you know, to sign books, he doesn't ask for a penny. Um, really, really cool guy down to earth. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, what is up next? Flash? Truckler? Sure. I, yeah, I read I read Flash. That's you, boy. It's all you. 
Oh, shit. You didn't read it? No. I read the last issue where uh, it's like old school Flash, where it's like Mirror Master and... Um, yeah, and the end was Flash in the prison, and yeah. he's about to... Um, like a boxing match with Captain Cold. Yeah, they like reintroduced Captain Cold. They made like a big old deal of it. Yeah. So where does that pick up at? <laughs> well, um, the the first couple pages kind of gives you um, a quick fast forward of you know what's been happening in the Flash um, with the whole negative Speed Force, how um, a Speed Force storm kind of affected Central City. Um, now, then it brings up the speed where Turbine was murdered. And then it takes you straight to the action where you just see the Flash getting his ass kicked. I mean, Captain Cold's, you know, just whooping his ass. Um, because, and the Flash can't do anything about it because he's stuck in like a negative temperature or sub-zero. Or, um, I forgot exactly what they call it, but, um, you know, ne- negative temperature to the point that the Flash can't run anymore. And they're fighting, and, uh, of course, they show all the classic rogues gallery in their classic uniforms, um, cheering on Captain Cold. And he, ba- <clears throat> Captain Cold, basically, um, <clears throat> the previous issue, he had a deal with Copperhead that the Flash, fi- Flash and Kid Flash found a bunch of cold guns that Captain Cold was kind of selling to Copperhead on the outside, and they were going to divide the city up. Well, Captain Cold reveals his... The, the true plan was that the guns were just a decoy. The guns are actually uh, going to blow up. If, if anyone's been reading Flash, you know about a new character named Godspeed, which was a, uh, a, a cop in Central City PD who got affected by the Speed Force. And he's a, he's a speedster himself. Um, once Captain Cold reveals to the Flash what his true plans were... Uh, about Copperhead will be dead and Central City will belong to us. Godspeed kind of just whispers to himself, and that's what I was waiting for. And he waves, says, whoa, what, what the fuck are you talking about? So then Godspeed starts fighting the rogues, and he turns off um, the, the chamber that is keeping the Flash in sub-degree temperature. So now the Flash is okay. Um, he's going He's within seconds, he's beating all of uh, the rogues' ass. Um, Flash goes to confront Godspeed and Godspeed's like, well, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help you even though I'm a bad guy, you know, because they were good friends before the Speed Force happened. Um, he tell, you know, now the Flash realizes, oh shit, well, uh, Kid Flash is going to go follow where Copperhead was going. So he rushes to try and get to where Kid Flash was. The guns blow up. You see all this ice coming towards Kid Flash and Copperhead. Uh, Kid Flash is actually going to block. He's actually going to save Copperhead by taking all the the, the 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 cold blast on himself. Flash saves saves them, um, and then the the police show up. Copperhead has to be. They're going to let him go because there's no proof that Copperhead was doing anything wrong. And then Copperhead kind of, when she gets in her car, she says it's done. They have no idea you run you run the show in Central City. So now we're learning that there's a, a new player in the game that Copperhead wasn't fighting for control against Captain Cold and the Rogues. It was actually some other villain, and we don't know who that is yet. Then they take it back to um, Black, um, not Blackgate, yeah, where the um, 
the, the warden at the time, or the warden currently is this guy named Wolf, and he's a hard ass. Um, you know, treats the prisoners like shit. Um, beats them, you know, gets them beaten up for disobeying orders. He um, he doesn't even like the the cops talking to any of the prisoners, and it's he realized when and all this, you know, the rogues have been running this scam under my, you know, under my, in my house, under my own nose. Um, they do a DNA test. They realize that, um, or Barry Allen comes back as Barry Allen, the CSI. He found out that, uh, when they were doing an autopsy on turbine, that there was a, like a neck, like a cold thumbprint or cold imprint on his neck. And they realized that Captain Cold was once of course, <laughs> um, which they realized that Captain Cold is one that killed Turbine. And um, Captain Cold's reasoning was that, you know, no one betrays the rogues. Um, it was an eye for an eye. What are you going to do, Alan? I'm already locked up. And uh, Double jeopardy. And, <clears throat> well, there, um, Commander Singh said, oh, Wolf's like, well, what are you going to do? He's already in prison. He's under my jurisdiction. Well, uh, Commander Singh, who is part of the CCPD, says, well, there's one more place we can take him, someplace that, um, he's like, I can pull through strings and get him transferred, someplace that can handle someone like Snart. And then Captain Cole kind of realizes, oh, shit, I don't know what you're going to say. You know, he kind of realizes where I'm going to be sent. Um, and then, um, basically, the, the Flash talks to Godspeed again about how Godspeed could have escaped, and Godspeed said, well, I, I, I would have loved to have felt the wind in my hair, you know, going supersonic speeds. Um, but no, um, you know, I, I'm going to serve my time. And then at the very end, um, you see Captain, you see the trickster gets let go um, because he didn't commit the murder of Turbine. And you see, then then they, then they cut over to Captain Cold's and, the, you know, the, this police helicopter landed. These guards got Captain Cold and they're walking him up this platform raining and Kevin Cole kind of has his head down. He's like, okay, well, let's just get on with it. Waller. And Amanda Waller standing and says, welcome to Bella Reef, Snart. So, basically, the, when I read that, they, they took Kevin Cole to Bella Reef, where Amanda Waller is, and if anybody knows what Bella Reef is or who Amanda Waller is, uh, they know that she runs the okay, unclassified Task Force X, also known as the Suicide Squad. Hey, I'm didn't, didn't, curious they, to see if, didn't they chop off Trickster's arm? Yeah, um, it says something about uh, Gorilla Grodd ripped his arm out of the they, socket. Yeah, that's right. Did they when the, they when they're releasing him? Did they show that he still got an, he doesn't have an arm? No, it looks like that he's putting like a prosthetic arm back on his. Of course, back, back he is. <laughs> um, and then the the very end, it shows Barry Allen at his mom's. Uh, gravesite, basically saying, uh, I know I'd like to be forgiven for the lies I told, the mistakes I made, the people I've heard. There are so many people I want to tell I'm sorry, but but I know now that forgiveness isn't just cut and dry. It's a mystery. One that I don't know if I can ever solve, but I can still try. And the only person I want to try and solve it with is you. Can you forgive me, Iris? And it shows them both oh, standing shit. at mom's grave, like maybe, you know, He's gonna reveal to Iris who he is, that he is the Flash, and that he wants to. Because since Rebirth started, she didn't know that he was the Flash, mm. and they were dating. But then, of course, what happens when superheroes date? Well, 
they get a call, they have to leave, they leave dinner dates, they don't show up to dates because, you know, hey, you know, yeah, well, they're a bunch of, you know, um, pricks. Um, you know, I mean, the world's got to get saved. Well, fuck it. Can't you get a little dinner and um, <laughs> a little uh, smoochy time? But, there, um, there's a there's a kid flash. He can take over the reins. Yeah, fuck it. Um, and there's a Wally West from Titans. Mm. Um, so this is pretty much the end of this arc. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Captain Cold. Is he going to... Are they going to introduce him into the Suicide Squad title because now he's at Bella Reeve? What's going to happen with um, Barry Allen and Iris? Is he going to reveal that he's the Flash? It kind of sounds like that he he's he's done lying. He he wants to tell Iris everything. That's kind of where we're left off at. So, Damn. Um, I think I said it a couple weeks ago. Again, um, I mean, I uh, Flash is another one. That I never really read much before Rebirth. I mean. Here and there, or you know, if there was a, you know, a main, obviously a main title like Flashpoint, of course, you know, going to read that, but <clears throat> never really read Flash as a constant. But when Rebirth started, I wanted to give a bunch of these characters that I had never really followed a whole lot a chance, and I'm still reading. I'm still collecting Flash. I'm still reading it. Um, I think it's definitely good, especially now that, like Tom, you touched on it. I think uh, last time. Um, it has that old school feel, has that, you know, pre-52, you know, kind of post-crisis vibe to it with the way the characters look, the old school uh, rogues uniforms, how the Flash looks. So um, overall, I think it was a, a, a nice ending to uh, to the, to the uh, story arc. For sure. Yeah. And did it, did it say at the end what's coming next, or did it... Uh... Is there any ads for Flash War that's supposed to come up pretty soon? No, it just says um, it says next Flash number seven hundred Perfect Ooh. Storm Part One. Okay, yeah. So apparently coming up pretty soon, Flash War is supposed to start, and uh, Scott Snyder, our best friend writer, um, that rhymes. Um, <laughs> he uh, he mentioned that it's going to be really good, and it's like, oh yeah, Flash War is going to blah blah blah, and this and that, no no no. He didn't really give us any story point, but he well, was just saying that's our- what it is. I can't remember. Are are we allowed to say that Flash War comes from metal? Uh, well, we just did, and luckily <laughs> yeah. it's buried at the end of this episode. So, if you stayed till the very end, you got a nice little Easter egg there. There you go. So, um, we, we just boop you with an Easter egg. There it is. But I mean, you know, he's our best friend, Scott Snyder. So I think he'll understand. Well, and unfortunately, I wasn't there for the actual interview, but um. You actually have to go back and listen to it on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, Trunkler. Make sure oh, to... Uh, and uh, and uh, leave, leave us a review. Leave us a review. <laughs> and, uh, well. and, and, and where can I find that? Is there a link in a bio that I can click on? Absolutely. You can either link in the bio from the uh, Instagram account. Actually, we used to have to split it up and say either the SoundCloud is linked or the iTunes is linked because you can't do both. But now, in fact, you can do multiple links. So both links to iTunes and SoundCloud are now in our bio. As well as links to our merch uh, from T Public. If you guys want to go get some oh, swagged nice. out merch, you can always do that as well. Get a, get a, get a t shirt or a phone case or a yeah. onesie. And I don't want and, any listeners to bullshit me because if there's any season when you have a grip load of money left over, it's right after Christmas. So you go and you take that <laughs> excess dough and you buy yourself some merch. All right. So. Well, I was going to ask, um, um, I think Bell Auto. Had a couple um, variants 
I want to say for Dark Knight's Metal number two, where it showed the Red Death, Ooh. and it showed yeah. a yellow version. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Like a reverse red, like a reverse red yellow death, like a reverse mustard death. <laughs> yeah, could be. Right. Sweet. All right. Well, that's uh, that. Pretty much does it. That was a pretty sweet week, considering that. Um, Aside from detective in action, um, we had the big books the weeks before. But, I mean, this is just another example of how Rebirth... Well, it's no longer Rebirth. Now it's DC Universe. But another example of how uh, the com- the comics, DC comics, are just murdering it out there and uh, keeping us afloat. And um doesn't matter that we're going to have a dry spell in the movies for a while because I think the next thing coming up is Aquaman during the summertime which yeah. is uh, a ways away, but, uh, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, oh. it's, it's, uh, isn't it, like, closer to around this time, or the end of next year, the end of this year, rather, I don't even know if it's summertime, it might be half summer, anyway, whatever, well, but, and, and, and again, it shows that, you know, the, like, this week, you didn't have a Dark Knight's Metal issue, you didn't have Doomsday Clock, you didn't have an yeah, issue, man. part of one of these big story arcs, it's just normal, almost like a normal week of comics, but once again, DC with, you know, uh, with their um, influx of great writers and artists, yeah. they just keep they just keep cranking them out. And yeah, even even when uh, the big event books uh, aren't out that week, uh, they still have the meat and potatoes on everything else. That's where the success comes from: is your meat and potatoes. You don't need to have. Story arc after story arc yeah. after yeah. event event. No veggies, no veggies, please. No. No hell no. <laughs> meat and that shit. That's uh, the, just yeah. the, the meat and potatoes and the deep dish. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like a nice. It's like a nice Romanian blood sausage. Oh man, now you got my mouth watering. <laughs> <laughs> man, all right then. We'll leave, we'll leave him with that. We'll leave him with that. But uh, make sure to uh, check back. We got a lot of great uh, episodes. Over the last several weeks, including an interview that we did with Scott Snyder, our best friend, our best friend Scott Snyder, and we and he he, a hundred percent approved and confirmed that, that is fact. It is recorded with him on the air out there saying it, and uh, he did not interject. He accepted. Yeah. So uh, we are happy to. Um, uh, we'll get him back at some point pretty soon. Uh, probably maybe after the next couple of issues of Metal come out. And he's ready to talk about, or he's able to well, tell we're, the rest we're, of you. We're almost, we're almost, uh, we're almost at the end. There are only two issues of metal left. Oh, seriously? Damn. Yes. Fuck. Plus, yeah, so also... two issues plus uh, Wild Hunt with oh, Grant Morris. Fuck, man! I feel like I don't want it to end. Yeah. God damn! All right. Well, well, you know what's going to be cool is that uh, he tweeted out that there's a, like I think it's official. They're going to have uh, like a hardcover edition which is yep. all the main titles then there's going to be like a extended edition which is going to be um a soft cover of the main titles with some of the tie-ins and then there's going to be uh he said there there's going to be like an omnibus with fucking everything what? because Damn. it's a ton of shit and then he said that there's even going to be like a like a hardcover collector's edition even after that i don't know but there's Damn. like four versions of this coming out in trade. So for those of you who trade weight, I would say trade weight, 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 
because <laughs> I think the omnibus is what you're going to want to get, which it has the main uh, metal title, and then it's got your crossovers and your one shots. You're going to want the crossovers and the one shots. Yeah, I mean you got the meat and potatoes, but don't you want the dessert as well? You're going to want that dessert. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, there's always room for dessert. You don't. Yeah, you don't want to go to get some deep dish pizza and be left out there without. You know, your knife and fork and napkin and a nice cold beer. You know what I mean? How yeah, do you, you want that nice sliced tiramisu or there you go. turtle turtle cheesecake. I mean, come on. It's like going and, for a Chicago dog and not putting any onions, pickle, tomato, or mustard on it. Or relish. I mean, you might as well, yeah. just go, to, you might as well go to New York and get a dirty water dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, like even the one shots have been have oh, been just as good, dude. Oh, Jesus, so good. We basically told I mean, our best friend Scott Snyder, like, no offense, Scott. Sometimes the one shots are better than metal, but not really because you're our best friend. <laughs> we, we said that to him, and he agreed. He goes, "Yes, I am your best friend." Number one, number two, yes, the one shots are phenomenal. So, yeah, absolutely. But uh, all right, all right. So yeah, so next week. Um, <clears throat> Should be pretty heavy because uh, we'll probably get another issue of something awesome back on the table. And uh, not to say that this week wasn't awesome, but uh, we're just, you know, we're rolling in crazy books lately and um, excited every week that DC sends them on over for us to read and review. So um, thanks, guys, for checking us out. And again, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, Leave us a review. And uh, if you want, hit the email button on the Instagram and to send us an email, you know, you can talk shit, you can tell us what's going on, whatever you want to do. I actually got hit up on, by somebody on um, the old Twitter. I'm going to give him a quick shout out because, uh, uh, where is it here? Let me find it. Um, they says to me, they says, oh, here you go. Austin Erickson at A. Erickson Fox 9 at the Bat Force. I love your guys' show, but you need to make sure your audio is all at the same level. I end up turning up the volume up and down in my car. Since one person is louder than the other. And I'll tell you something, Austin. First of all, you can say whatever the fuck you want about our show because you actually listen to it. So thank you for that. <clears throat> but he's actually yeah, right. Man. So this was an issue we that we will. were having a while ago in that since uh, Charles is on the vacation, which was never approved by HR, by the way, but he went anyway. Um, Blackout date. Yeah, I guess he had to use those. But uh, anyways, Charles usually runs it through... Um, the recording and it's you know for the most part pretty good but i switched programs because the one i had was shit and uh, it does not record everything all at the same volume at least that's what i thought was happening and then i realized that i turned my microphone the other way around and it's just that i wasn't talking <laughs> to the right part of it so then i did this really technical this this very technical move where i turned the microphone back to the proper position and now i'm at the same level so <laughs> Speaking into the wrong end of the microphone. Yeah, I was t- I was trying to talk into the ass of the microphone uh, rather than the head, as well as out your own. Exactly. So, anyways, uh, we appreciate any feedback. Uh, we also got hit up a while back. Um, I wish I could remember who the listener's name was because it's kind of buried on the timeline. But they suggested, uh, I want to say maybe two months ago, they says to me, they says. Uh, hey, uh, why don't you guys do like a crossover thing with Sal from Comic Pop? And I think I just liked it or we retweeted it. And then like a week later, Sal from Comic Pop emailed saying, hey, why don't we do a crossover? 
<laughs> oh, really? shit. Okay, yeah. And so, uh, but uh, Sal from Comic Pop has actually recently been married uh, over the holiday or right before the holiday. So he's been very busy, and we've actually haven't really been able to touch base as far as like when we're gonna have him on. But uh, we did say that we wanted to have him on. He does want to come on. And if you guys don't subscribe to him on YouTube, check out Comic Pop on YouTube. And uh, it's just a really cool uh, channel where they cover everything in comic-related fandom, not just comics, but some shows and things like that, movies and, and things of that nature. And uh, it's really cool. Just disclaimer, Scott Snyder is not their best friend. Oh, I mean, it's no <laughs> fault of their own. I don't, I don't think they've been able to harbor the relationship as much as cultivate the relationship as much as we have. Um, I'm sure they'd get along swimmingly, but, you know, just what it is what it is. Yeah, excited to have uh, Sal on, and we'll hopefully work that out sometime soon. And we'll probably just talk about Batman the entire time or whatever relates to it. But looking forward to it, and uh, you will probably, I mean, uh, we should probably hit up Tom King sometime soon because his run has been so awesome. Maybe get some reaction on uh, all I ever see on Twitter is how many people fucking love Tom King and love Batman right now, so... Uh, I'm sure it's pretty cool on his end, kind of being so nervous about taking over that job. But he's a phenomenal writer, so it uh, yes, obviously worked out for him. But. He's a good dude, too. Uh, our, our second best friend. Yeah, he's yeah. an all right dude. He's okay. <clears throat> hey, he's okay. I mean, he, he writes Batman, bitch, but you know. Yeah, well, I'm saying that because I know Scott, who's our best friend, is going to be listening to this, and I don't want to overshadow <laughs> that friendship. So, <laughs> Scott, we love Jealousy you. Jealousy and, yeah. Yeah. But all right, all right, guys. That's uh, that's a good one. Um, Have a good week, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Yep.